Well, welcome to Calvary Chapel. We're glad you are with us today. I'm, I'm Pastor Brian, one of the associate pastors here. Uh, pastor Tim is our senior pastor. Him and his family, they are out in Montana spending some time uh, seeking the Lord for direction for the fellowship and just enjoying one another, taking a little bit of a break, which is uh, great. Um, if you missed it, last week he uh, gave a little message from the field, a uh, video message from the field. Uh, so you can check that out on our uh, website. Um, a few other announcements uh, before we get going in God's Word this morning. So, home fellowships. Home fellowships are kind of taking a little bit of a break or a different change in schedule over the, over the summer months. We're only meeting about once a month. Um, so, uh, we'll resume our weekly meetings uh, probably come September. Um, so, man, it's just right around the corner, believe it or not. I mean, so, uh, check out the home fellowship board in the front lobby for information about that for home fellowships that are uh, near you. Uh, just a reminder, uh, some of you guys have already gotten these little uh, slips that are passed out. They're also on the uh, Welcome Center right straight across from the front doors here. Next Saturday, the 25th, uh, Robert and Aurora, wave your hands, okay, wave your hands, okay, there they are right there, okay. They are dedicating, they want to dedicate their home to the Lord. They just moved into their new home, new uh, uh, farm, right, if you will. So they have a little farm, and uh, we want to dedicate that. They're having coffee, uh, breakfast, dedication, and prayer. Please um, let Aurora know or let Miss Jean know. Where's Miss Jean? Okay, back over there. Let Miss Jean know if you guys are planning on attending that uh, th this coming Saturday, the 25th. So, uh, again, those little slips are out there. I believe it's starting at 9.30 uh, for coffee and so on and so forth. So check that out. In front of you, in the chair in front of you, there are, are several things. There's our mission statement, doctrinal statement. Connect cards, things about our ministries, also uh, a little business card for the church, as our phone numbers on there, website, all that kind of stuff. Feel free to take all these things. You know, you can take any of these things. Just don't take the chair. Okay, just leave, leave the chair. Take, take this stuff. Leave the chair. Okay, fill out the connect card. The connect card is uh, obviously what it in, is intended for. We can get in touch with you uh, if you choose to give us your information. Uh, please fill that out. Drop it in the tithe and offering box in the back, the big silver box back there on the wall. Also, if you have prayer requests, man, um, please, uh, these out. Uh, we pray over these things throughout the week, so please fill those out. Drop them in the box back there also. They're not just for Connect. Uh, it's also just to, for first time. It's also for prayer. So please uh, fill those out. Drop them in the box in the back. Speaking of which, tithing, we don't, we don't pass a plate here at Calvary. Uh, we believe where God guides, God provides, and tithing is between you and the Lord. We will definitely speak on tithing when we come across it in Scripture, but we're not going to sit here and say, oh, well, the Lord needs your money. The Lord doesn't need your money. The Bible says that he owns us cattle on a thousand hills, right? He doesn't need your money, but tithing is personal. It should be between you and the Lord. We are, you know, we're supposed to give, and we, God loves a cheerful giver, um, but you can do that uh, personally between yourself. There's a box back there. You can also give online. Um, there's also, you can text, I don't even know how you do all that stuff, but anyway, figure it out. There's plenty of ways to do that. So, all right, if you're uh, new here in person, uh, welcome, or perhaps you're joining us online. We are also broadcasting. Uh, we welcome all those that are joining online, maybe for the first time. We're glad that you're here with us to study God's Word together. And we've been walking through the book of Daniel for several months now, um, looking at uh, the life of Daniel uh, and how it goes. Uh, Bibles, if you have a Bible, we'd like you to, if you need a Bible, we'd like to get one to you. Uh, we uh, hold the Bible in our laps as we study God's Word, as we go through it. We want you to be uh, involved with God's Word. It's uh, God's love letter to you. So we, it's a privilege that we get to have it and hold it in our laps this morning and study it. Specifically talking about what Daniel and, and what we've been looking at is counter counterculture. You know, Daniel's life... Um, even though he is a part of the world, and we're called to be of the world, but not in the world. And Daniel was counterculture, if you will, and that's kind of what we've been looking at over the past several weeks. Pastor Tim and Pastor Mike and myself just going through this, looking at what Christians are doing. What are we supposed to be doing in our culture, in our time? You know, God created you for a time such as this. I mean, it's exciting, the time that we live in. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of fear, a lot of hatred, a lot of different things going on. But you know what? God created you and I for a time such 
as this. And as believers, we're supposed to stand out. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be different than the rest of the non-believing world. The past few weeks, Pastor Mike has been taking us through chapters 8 and 9, where we saw some visions that Daniel had regarding historical events and things that took place several years after Daniel wrote them down. And they came to pass exactly down to the day we saw when Mike shared down to the day, prophetic events. I mean, there's several, several of prophetic scriptures around the Lord's first coming in the Old Testament. And he fulfilled every single one of them. You know, there's twice as many about his second coming. I'm excited. Exciting times that we live in, okay? I'm excited. The book of Daniel can be broken up into two parts. You know, we've looked at the beginning part already, historical, that has uh, some prophetic insights. And now we're going to wrapping up the book here in the next couple weeks at the prophetic part. What's to come? What is still yet to come? This morning, we're going to look at Daniel's vision in chapter 10, relating to Israel in the immediate future, and also the later days that will come for regarding the nation of Israel. We're not going to look at all of that this morning. We're probably going to just get through chapter 10. And then uh, next week, we'll look into 11. And then, Lord willing, Tim will be back and we'll wrap it up in chapter 12. You know, provided he doesn't get eaten by a bear or something like that. But uh, he's out in the backwoods of Montana, like I said, trying to rough it and everything. So, um, anyway, chapter 10, uh, we're going to look at this preparation for the vision. So, chapter 10 is the preparation for the vision that Daniel is going to have in chapter 11. And as we walk out our lives in Christ, you know, we should be comforted to know that, and I hope you understand this, that you're not alone. You're not doing this alone. There's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. We were never meant to live this life and walk out our Christian walk alone. And I, we're going to see a lot of that, that we have a lot going on behind the scenes. You know, there is a mighty presence going on behind the scenes that oftentimes we either neglect or, or perhaps we just simply ignore Maybe that kind of scares some people, you know. I'm, I just don't know about the whole spiritual realm and things like that. I mean, if you have a problem with that, you're going to have a real big problem but with the rest of the Bible because, I mean, the third person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> okay, Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells in you, I mean, it's going to be difficult for you to understand the rest of Scripture if you have a problem with spiritual things. So hopefully that doesn't scare you. We're going to look at that this morning. So I've titled our message this morning, Mighty representation through persistent prayer. We're going to look at Daniel and how he prayed and how he was prepared to receive this vision. Three things we're going to look at. Um, we want to make sure that we have the proper state of our heart. Make sure we're, our heart is in the right place. And a lot of that happens through self-denial, denial of our of ourself. Making sure that you allow yourself to be strengthened in your time of weakness. So often we like, oh, I have something going on in my life and I don't want anybody to know about it, you know. And putting that pressure on you to fit to yourself. But no, there is nothing new under the sun, the Bible says. Don't think that what you're going through is unique and no one else is going through it. Okay? We can be strengthened in our times of weaknesses. And we need to make sure that we remember where the battle is taking place. Man, so often, I mean, we are distracted. You know, and as believers, I mean, during this time with social media and all the, the news and everything going, man, it's just fear and fear and hatred and all. The, we can be distracted by what our purpose is and what's really going on. Stand with me. We're going to read the first few verses here in uh, Daniel chapter 10, and then we'll pray uh, one more time. Daniel chapter 10 and verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called the message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and the, had understanding of the vision. And in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. In verse 4, now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with the gold of Uphaz, 
His body was like beryl, his face was like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms like the feet of burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone, and when I saw the great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Verse 9, yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Again, Lord, we thank you that we have your love letter to us in our laps today, Lord, and perhaps on the screen in front of us, Lord, regardless of the, the format that it comes, Lord, it is still your love letter to us. And Father, I pray as we study your word, as we dig into your word, and we see the truth of your word, Father God, I pray that you will impact us today, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will change our hearts, change our minds, Lord, and Lord, because only your word can do that. Not my words, Lord, but your word can change us today, Father God, and take your word to the point of application in our lives. So, Lord, again, just pour out your Holy Spirit afresh upon us, Lord. Just, I pray that distractions will just go by the wayside as we study your word together. In Jesus' name, amen. And be seated. So, we're going to look at these circumstances as Daniel is preparing for this final vision that comes in this introduction of this mysterious man that he meets. We're going to look into that. First part, though, is we're going to look at Daniel's state. Where is he at? Where is his heart? Where is he physically at? What's going on? And look at, again, in verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel. Okay, so this came in the third year of Cyrus. I'm so thankful that Pastor Mike got to go do all the history stuff because I hate history. I can't stand it. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an engineer by trade, and I just, I like numbers, and I don't like history. So I'm glad he got to do all that, and he did a great job of that. This is the third year of Cyrus, so this time, this is the first wave where the exiles has returned under leadership of Ezra, and Daniel became acquainted with Cyrus and is now working with him, alongside him for three years. It says the message was true, and the appointed time was long. So again, Daniel 10 is setting the stage for what is going to be revealed in chapter 11. Again, we're going to look at that next week, but we're going to look at the preparation to that. And it describes a time of great persecution and testing. Again, this is toward the people of Israel. And the implication here is this period is a long time, a strenuous one involving great conflict and trouble for the people of God. It says there again, the appointed time was long. Spurgeon says, I too think that uh, Daniel's sorrow was also occasioned partly because of the repetition of those words that were said to him. You know, the vision is true, but the appointed time is long. None of us like to hear that, you know. You know, you tell your friends, hey, Dad, can we do this, that? Uh, no, wait, not now. Nobody likes to hear that. Nobody, especially in, in our day and age, I mean, you've got to have it right now, you know. It's <laughs> you can have next day delivery, same day delivery. I mean, you got to have it. I mean, we, we nobody likes to wait. Here, we, Daniel may be also sorrowful because he's having to wait on these things that are going to come to pass. It says there in verse 2, I, in those days, I, Daniel, again, we see the author here, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Uh, a lot of commentators believe Daniel was mourning probably over, you know, just because of maybe so few of Jews had returned with Ezra in the exile. And that's one thing, possibly, again, because of the long time that uh, to wait. Daniel goes, um, he didn't get to go back with Ezra and the group of exiles because at this point in time, he's about 84 years old. So Daniel is about 84 years old. He's in this high position in government under Cyrus, and he could do probably a better position in what he's doing there than having to go out with them. And, um, you know, it, it always intrigues me when you hear about these guys that are really old in Scripture and still serving the Lord, man. You know, there's no such thing as retirement from being a Christian in the Bible. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are either, okay? You know, God has something for us all to be doing. God has something for us, every one of us, to be doing. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter, you know, what our situation is. Oh, I just, I'm going to serve the Lord one day, just once I know enough. 
You'll, you'll never know enough, <laughs> okay? And he calls us to serve him right now, right where we're at. And just, you know what? Share with others just what you know. That's, that's maybe that's all he's calling you to do. There's something for all of us to be doing for the Lord. And we're going to look at Daniel's in, in him preparing himself for this. And look at the self-denial. Look in verse 3. He says, I ate no pleasant food, nor meat or wine came into my mouth. So this isn't really like a, a biblical fast, if you will. It's basically just Daniel abstaining from certain types of food, um, maybe drinking only water, those kinds of things. I mean, it's not a, a full-on uh, fast. Um, Daniel was practicing here a form of self-denial, you know, which, again, is not popular at all these days. You know, you do whatever you want, you know, your way right away at Burger King now, okay? Whatever you want, it's yours, okay? Self-denial, we don't like to hear that. We don't like to hear denying ourselves of things, especially food, right? I mean, man, nobody likes to deny themselves of food, you know? And this perhaps maybe was uh, something that he was going on. And thankfully, you know, back then, they didn't even know what keto meant, you know? And just, you know, Daniel is Daniel's just abstaining from things so that he can clearly understand and get direction from the Lord. And sometimes we have to do that as believers. Sometimes we have to take a step back and say, man, take a step back. Look at your life. What's going on in my life right now? Maybe I got too much garbage. Maybe my work has gotten out of perspective. Maybe my children and the focus on them has gotten out of perspective. You know, proper order that the Lord has. Maybe the Lord's not first in your life. Why? Ask yourself those questions. And here, maybe that's what Daniel's doing. Maybe Daniel is denying himself certain things that maybe he craved or wanted in order to make sure that he had a clear, crystal clear vision and was prepared to receive from the Lord. So we have to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves in that from that perspective. Daniel now sees this glorious man on, on the banks of the, the Tigris River. Look at verse 4. Now, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with the gold of Uphaz. Okay, and so this guy comes, and Daniel sees this, this man. Now, I'll tell you right now, I mean, commentators divide a lot over who this is. Um, a lot of, some people say that this is the Son of God, you know, a you know, the appearing of the Lord in the Old Testament, noting that this description is very remarkably close to what we read in Revelation. And if you, you go and flip over there, Revelation 1, let's look at verses 12 through 16, and they'll be on the screen here if you want. Revelation 1, 12 through 16. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke. Having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded with girded about the chest with a gold band. Verse 14, his head and hair were like white uh, as wool, like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in the furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. So again, the description kind of lines up a lot with what we read in Daniel chapter 10. Others think that this, this certain man was just an unnamed angel, perhaps of uh, high rank. Um, and a lot of people, this is kind of where I lean toward as well, because in the biggest part of Scripture that I kind of see as this being a problem is if you, back in 10, in uh, Daniel 10, if you jump down to verse 13 for a moment, so Daniel 10, 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. So that's describing one that is talking, the one that is being described, this, this man, if you will. So at first, it appears like there's, a, there's maybe a contradiction in Scripture, but if, we, if this actually is the, in a Christophany, the Lord, you know, appearing, it, it wouldn't, it, it messes up some other parts of Daniel. Obviously, the book, you know, the nature of Scripture, you know, Scripture does not contradict itself. 
We mess it up, okay? We, we mess it up a lot of times. So scripture does not um, uh, contradict itself. However, the opinion here is there's a couple different things that could be uh, a solution to the possibilities here. So one, there is that this heavenly being that is speaking in Daniel 10, verses 5 and 6, is not the same one who is speaking to Daniel later on in verses 10 through 21. In other words, there's two heavenly beings here. Maybe he saw the Lord appear, this Christophany, right? But then as they address him later on in verses 10 through 21, it's a different uh, person or a different angel. The other possibility is that there is only one uh, entity represented in Daniel 10, and it's just angelic in nature. So there's lots of different things uh, around that. I'll let you take that and decide with it. I lean toward the latter that it is just an angel of, of high rank meeting with him. I mean, Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 9, verse 2, figures as well. Look, and suddenly six men came from the direction of the upper gate, which faces north, each with his battle axe in his hand. One man among them was clothed in linen and had a rider's inkhorn at its side. They went in and stood beside the bronze altar. So there's other places. This is just one. There's other places in Scripture where these they have these appearances of these angelic beings clothed in linen. So it could be that as well. And I lean toward that just because really if, again, back to verse 13, I think if it was the Lord Jesus, you know, the, does the Lord need help in doing anything? Or can he do it all by himself? Right? So he doesn't need help, right? And in verse 13, it alludes to the point that this, in, this person, this angelic man that he sees, needs help. He comes alongside him and needs some help because he's fighting in the heavenly realms. And we'll, look, we'll get into that in a minute. But, again, that's another reason. I, I don't think the Lord needs help in what he's doing. He doesn't need anybody else, okay? He, so that's again why I lean toward the side of that this is just an angelic being. Regardless. It doesn't change the point of what the message here, here is, and Daniel's companions are seeing these things. Look at verse 7. It says, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. So Daniel alone sees the vision. This is, shows that you know, there was something very supernatural about the vision. You know, some supernatural things here. It kind of scares some people, but... This was a vision that Daniel saw, and only he saw this glorious man or this angelic being. His companions could not see it. Very similar to um, Saul on the road to Damascus, you know, in, in his conversion to Paul, right? He's the only one that could see the Lord at this time. His companions could not hear and see the same voice that was coming from heaven. Again, these cases remind us that, you know, we can be very close to the presence and power of God, and still miss the message through lack of spiritual perception. If we're not prepared to receive from the Lord, man, we serve a spiritual being, a, and, and we can miss these things if we ignore the, the spiritual realm. And, or we can become like these other guys in verse 7 where it says, you know, they were, they were scared to death. They saw this stuff, and they see these spiritual things. They were scared to death, and they fled to hide themselves. If you go and you hide, of course you're not going to see anything. Okay, so, so um, that's what we see the reactions here. So look at what Daniel's reaction is when he sees this guy in verse eight. Therefore, so this is Daniel. I was left alone when I saw this great vision. Notice, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Verse nine. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words. I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. No strength remained in Daniel. As godly as a man that Daniel was, at this time when he, he, was, he was undone by this vision, he was completely torn apart here by this vision. And uh, Daniel's experience shows us that, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, even the holiest of men fall short before God and even before his closest associates. So, don't ever elevate a pastor or a prominent speaker. or Don't ever put somebody in a, on, on that pedestal in replace of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter. Even the holiest of men will fail you. I will fail you. Okay? Husbands and wives, does your spouse fail you? Yeah. Okay. You haven't been married yet? Just wait. 
okay? <laughs> All right? They will fail you, okay? It's important for us that, you know, it doesn't matter how holy of a person we may think we are or how holy of a person we may think somebody is, we can fail. We can fail and we can stumble and fall if we don't have proper perspective on where we're at and we don't take care of these things. It's important for us to believers, again, not to hold people in that high esteem because they will fail you. Now we get to see here the message to Daniel in verse 10. This uh, certain man kind of introduces himself to Daniel and says, verse 10, suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for I have now was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. And suddenly a hand touched me as Daniel was laid out on the ground in his weakness by this experience. He was strengthened by the touch of a hand. So through this angelic being, he was strengthened by this person. Also in Daniel 9, verse 23, we see um, something else. In 9.23 of Daniel, at the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you that you are, notice he calls him again, greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand me. So this is the second time that Daniel has been called greatly beloved. And in both times, he's called greatly beloved right before he receives this significant revelation that comes to him. So it comes out at these times. When it was time for Daniel to hear and understand, he needed to stand at attention. Look at verse 11. I think this is interesting. Uh, verse 11 says, To understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. This is kind of like, I mean, again, maybe this is only me. I don't know. When you, when you really need your children to pay attention to you, right? Okay? Look at me, okay? <laughs> I need you to pay attention to what I'm about to tell you, okay? Look at me. And then after I tell you, I need you to repeat it back to me, okay? No way, maybe that's just me that does that. I don't know, okay? No, okay? So stand upright. Pay attention. Look me in the eye. Don't just walk. Okay, yeah, Dad, I got it. Yeah, I got you. Yep. Mm -hmm. What did I just tell you? I have no idea. I have no idea what you just said. Did you do what I asked you to do? You asked me to do something? What? Here we see this guy, this, this angelic being says, you know what, Daniel? Stand up. I have something very important to reveal. Stand up. Pay attention. Then the angel explains to Daniel what's going on in verse, uh, uh, verse 12. Look at verse 12. Then he said to me, love this, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and you humbled yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Verse 14, now I have come to make you understand what will happen, notice, to your people, who are his people, the Israelites, okay, the Jews, okay, to his people. In the for the revision refers to many days yet to come. So that's very important. We'll come to back. We'll come back to verse 14 here in a little bit. So verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear. How much do we need to hear that today as believers? Do not fear believers. Okay? We know the beginning from the end as scripture has recorded it for us. Do not fear. Don't run around afraid. We don't need to bury ourselves in hand and run around afraid of everything going on around us. Oh, my gosh, what about my freedoms? And what about this? What about? Do not be afraid. Do not fear. The Lord is with us, and we know what's going to happen. We see what's going to happen. And just so you guys are aware, too, as we look at eschatology, the study of end times, you know, it all revolves around what? Israel, right? It all, it all revolves around Israel, over there in the Middle East and stuff, right? America's not in the equation anywhere, okay? <laughs> Just saying, you know, we're not in the equation. We're, it, somehow, you know, the West is not even talked about in end-time eschatology. It's all going on 
around and revolves and centers around Israel. You know, we're not supposed to keep our eyes on America. We're supposed to keep our eyes on Israel. That's the prophetic timeline. Watching what's going on with Israel is what we are supposed to do throughout Scripture. Yet, we get so afraid of what's going on in the here and now, and we get our blinders on, and we forget what Scripture says. And perhaps we get off on a tangent. You know, that's not our battle as believers, guys. That is not our battle. Our battle is not about our rights, okay? As believers, our battle is not about what's right and what's wrong. Do we have the freedom to do that in this country? Sure, we do. But as believers, I don't believe that that is our battle. That's not our battle, guys. Our battle is the, the Word of God, okay? And taking the Word of God to people. Taking the Word of God, taking the message and the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. That is the mission of the church. Okay, the mission of the church is whether, not whether we wear, wear masks or not, okay? The mission of the church is Jesus Christ. And what has he done for us? So don't lose sight of that. Don't get off on a tangent of what you're called to do as a believer. That's the Great Commission, right? The Great Commission isn't go and tell everybody to wear a mask or not, okay? It's not. Okay, I digress a little bit. All right. Verse 12. <laughs> Love verse 12. For from the first day, notice here, for from the first day, you set your heart to understand and you humbled yourself before your God. Do not miss this. Your words were heard. Underline that. Highlight that in, the, in, in, the, in your Bible. In verse 12. I love what verse 12 says. From the very first day that you set your heart to understand, to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. God responded to Daniel's prayer the moment he made his request known. Don't think for a minute that God does not hear your prayers. He does. He hears them the moment you utter them, the moment you think them. The moment you say them out loud, he hears your words. Now, the answer is often what we have the problem with. How long it takes <laughs> for the answer to come, right? You know, that's, that's often what we have an issue with. But don't miss Daniel's preparation here. He set his heart to understand. He set his heart to understand, and he humbled himself before God. This is the proper approach in approaching God and seeking understanding and seeking vision from Him and seeking what He's doing in your life. And I just don't know what my Lord God's plan is for me. Well, start by this. Humble yourself. Seek to understand what it is. How do we seek Him? How do we seek to understand what God's will is for our lives? Read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. If you only rely on receiving the Word of God for 30 minutes on a Sunday, you are starving as a believer. You are starving yourself as a Christian. You need to be in the Word of God every single day. I'm not going to tell you how many verses to read. It could be just one, and you could be blown away by that. Allow God to change you through His Word, okay? You have to be in His Word to understand. You have to, to find something, you have to actually go seek it. Okay? If you lose your car keys, you will not find them unless you go seek them. Okay? You lose your phone, it's called find my iPhone. Okay? You have to click on that to find it. You have to find something to go find something. Okay? Seek God. Seek him out. Seek him out. Seek out his word. Seek out his plan for your life. I can't tell you what his plan is for your life. He has to reveal that to you. Now, can he use other people to do that? Sure, he can. But it's much better if we seek him for what he wants to do with our lives. And we have to prepare ourselves with great expectation. When you read God's word, have great expectation that he's going to say something to you. Have great expectation that he has a word of knowledge for you for that day. God, prepare my heart. Lord, Help me to receive the words that you have for me and approach his word in that manner. And if you recall, Daniel, I mean, 
he had been in a great and serious time of prayer now for three full weeks. Remember that from verse 2? In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks, mourning and praying for three full weeks. The moment he prayed three weeks ago, God heard his prayer. And then later on, he's going to receive what the answer is. Just three weeks. Maybe you've been praying for something for three days, three weeks, three years, three months. Maybe you've been praying for something your whole life. Guess what? God heard you the day you started praying. But the answer hasn't come yet. Maybe because, I don't know, his timing is perfect. I don't know. That's, that's, that's for him to decide when he gives us. And you know what? He may not give us the things that we pray for because he's protecting us from something else. Oh, Lord, just give me a million dollars. Man, if I had it, I'd mess that up big time if he did. You know, I'd I tell you right now, I'd mess that up. You know, <laughs> be careful what you pray for because, you know, <laughs> getting my point there. I mean, notice in verse 12, and again, don't miss this. I hope you highlighted it. I have come because of your words. We can't pass over this lightly. This angel was b- dispatched on Daniel's behalf because of his prayer. Because of his word. And, uh, you know, there is another of many reminders throughout the book of Daniel that prayer matters. As believers, we need to understand that prayer matters. It's not just a therapeutic exercise that we go through or that we say, you know, before we eat, you know, good bread, good meat, good God, let's eat. Woo, all right, let's eat. Dive in, kids. You know, no, okay, I mean, maybe we, you didn't, I said that when we were little. I don't know. Um, but anyway. It's not just a therapeutic exercise, you know, that we go through. You are communing and talking with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, your creator. That's who we get to talk to. You know, we have some family members, they like, oh, we, we need to call Brian and Tara. We need to get them to pray. Man, they got a direct line to God. I don't know. I'm just saying, maybe you got the same one. I don't know. Just got to pick up the phone, you know. You got the same line access, okay? Pastors, people, everybody has the same access to the Lord. You guys understand that? But we have to be prepared to receive from him and hear from him. So it's important that we are taking care of those things. And maybe the Lord's doing things. Maybe you haven't heard from the Lord yet because he's waiting. He's he's cleansing some some things out of your life because if he revealed those things to you back then, again, man, you would mess it up. You wouldn't be able to handle it. He's always preparing us for something. What right, right here and now, maybe you're waiting. He's preparing you for something that's to come. So his timing is perfect. Notice verse 13. It says there, but the prince of, the, again, this is another reason why I don't think this is, is the Lord, Jesus Christ, the appearing. Because look, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. Can anybody withstand the Lord? No. <laughs> okay. That's another reason why I think this is just an angelic messenger coming to share something with Daniel. You know, this is obviously more than a man, you know, some kind of a prince in the angelic realm. And, and it's really, you know, uh, if you really study the angelic realm and, and all throughout Scripture, it talks about, I mean, there, there's chiefs, you know, there's, there, this is where we get our rank and order in the military. All, most world militaries have rankings, you know, generals, officers, you know, privates, all these different things. A lot of that comes from the angelic rankings of Scripture. It's really neat to look into that. If you, we're not going to have time to get into all that this morning, but it's really neat to see some of this. The word prince, again, here, you know, ruler or as a rule or authority over this ranks. There's lots of study on um, There's also a demonic as well. Demons out there, you know. Michael, the angel fell. You know, about a, about a third of the angels fell with him. And that's where we hear about demons and stuff. And yes, that stuff is very real, okay? Again, maybe bury your, hand, maybe bury your head in the sand of that kind of stuff. It is very real. The spiritual realm is a very real thing. We're going to look into some more of that here in a little bit. Notice it says that he withstood me, in verse 13, for 21 days. So this angel was dispatched immediately at the hearing of Daniel's word. Yet the period took 21 days, three full weeks. And we see the answer to the prayer was delayed by this 
king or a prince of the kingdom of Persia. So the correlation here between Daniel's time of self-denial and prayer and the duration was this battle between these angels taking place behind the scenes. Interesting, really neat stuff that you look into. Since the angelic victory came on the 21st day, we can surmise that, you know what, maybe Daniel might have stopped praying on the 20th day. If he would have stopped praying on the 20th day, maybe the answer wouldn't have come. Right? Maybe it would have been delayed even further. What have you been seeking the Lord for answers on? Christian, don't stop praying. Don't ever stop praying. Ah, oh, the Lord's not here. The Lord doesn't hear me anymore. Don't ever think for a minute that the Lord doesn't hear you or doesn't want to hear from you. Oh, I'm such a bad person, and God, I'm just, my life is such a train wreck right now. Why would the Lord want to hear from me? That is the most important time the Lord wants to hear from you, okay? Don't think that you, if you get your life cleaned up, you're better off, you know, and then now the Lord really wants to hear from you because the Bible also tells us, that, you know, we're, we're still filthy rags. Even on our best day, we're just a pile of filthy rags, okay? So don't think you're, okay, don't think you're cleaning yourself up and then you can approach the Lord. It doesn't work that way, okay? Seek him every day. It doesn't matter what you, maybe you've been, you know, seeking after him for years for something. Continue to seek the Lord. You know, uh, a lot of you know we have, we have, we have uh, eight children, and we pray for them every day. I, my wife and I pray for our children every day, not just for sanity for us, but just for our children. You know, we've been praying for them for, since before they were born. Since before they were born, we've been praying for them. Because the Bible tells us that he knew them in the womb before he formed them. He knew each and every one of us in the womb before he formed us. He knew us. I've been praying for them since before they were born. My wife has been praying for our children since the day before they were born. When we first found out we were expecting, you know, we were praying for our, our children. Don't ever stop praying for your children. Maybe, maybe ah, oh, this one, maybe, maybe he's a prodigal or something like that, and you just feel like he's all... Man, if I look back on my life, I'm sure my dad thought the same thing. He's like, Lord, there is no hope. You know, I mean, I'm going to keep praying, though. And I know, he, I know he did because of where I am today, you know, because of other people prayed for me. Don't ever stop praying for someone. Maybe there's that family member or that friend in your life that you're like, man, I just want them so much to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord. Don't stop praying for them. Don't stop praying for that person. Don't stop seeking God for answers. Don't stop going to him first for those answers. So often, how do you hear? You know, what do you hear? Oh, all I can do now is pray. That kills me when I hear that. Well, all I can do now is pray. No, that's the most important thing you can do. That's the most important thing you can do. That's the first thing you should do as a believer is pray. Get on your face and pray. That's the most important thing we should do and seek God for answers for what we have going on in our lives. So again, maybe you've been praying for a long time. Don't ever stop. That answer may be just a day away. You don't, we don't know. And the hindering factors, you know, that, you know, maybe like stop us from praying sometimes, you know, is because we don't really understand everything. We don't see outside of that, yet the Lord does. And we, don't, we may not know why our requests are delayed. You know, it was told me one time, you know, when we pray, the Lord always answers, you know. He always answers your prayer. It may be yes, and he'll reveal that to you, or it may be no, clear no, closing a door in your life because, again, he's protecting you from something. Or it may be yes, but not right now. You know, maybe later on. It's something for you later on. So don't ever stop praying because he always answers. The problem is this whole timing thing that we don't, we don't really agree with. You know? We don't like that. You know, we don't like the whole timing thing. Don't give up on that. It could be the 20th day. Maybe the, maybe the answer is coming tomorrow. Okay. Verse 13, it says, Michael, one of these chief princes, came to help me. Again, in other passages, Michael is associated with his battle between good angels and evil angels. We see some of that in Revelation and Jude. Um, he came to help me. This phrase, uh, again, may be the most compelling reason to think, again, that this is not Jesus, uh, despite the re remarkable similarities of the descriptions between Daniel 10 and Revelation 1. You know, I don't really think Jesus would need angelic assistance um, because we don't ever see that anywhere else in Scripture where 
the Lord needed help to do something. Verse 14, he says, now I have come. So God allowed this conflict to go on because he had a purpose for allowing it. Now, let me restate. Let me say that again. God allowed the conflict to go on in the heavenly realms, this heavenly battle, this spiritual battle. He allowed it to go on because he had a purpose for allowing it. Maybe you're in the midst of a battle right now. You know, you're dealing with something. You know, maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Whatever the case may be. You know what? He's allowing it for a reason. Don't ever think for a minute, again, that you're the only one dealing with it. Get help. Ask for help. Ask. Share what's going on in your life. Not people can gossip about you, okay? I'm not just saying blast it out there on social media and stuff like that. Get with a brother or sister that you know and and ask for prayer, okay? One of of Satan's biggest tactics is, is to get Christians to remain silent with the problems that they're dealing with. Okay? It's part of growing. Trials are a part of our Christian walk. And they're part, and, and if we understand them, and we're not going to do it again this morning, but in James, you know, it talks about our trials and why we go through them. The outcome is not to hurt, harm you or not to destroy you or hurt you in any way. It's to grow your walk. It's to grow you. So, again, God allows these conflicts to take place because he has a purpose in allowing them in our lives. I mean, he certainly could have just stopped at any moment, stopped the demonic oppression that was going on behind the scenes, and bam, answered Daniel on day one or day two. But, again, he had a reason for what's going on. And, you know, part of it, I think, was that God's plan was to develop Daniel's character into becoming a man who was persistent in prayer. So maybe you've been praying for something for a long time. And you don't have an answer on it yet. You know what? Keep praying. Maybe God's developing you into a believer in prayer. And maybe you lack in that area of your life. Maybe maybe you lack in that area of, well, I'm not a strong, I don't like praying around other Christians, and I don't like praying in groups, and I just don't like praying, period. Maybe God is dealing with you in that, you know? Become a believer that is persistent in prayer. When someone says, oh, man, you know, I'm dealing with this, blah, blah, blah. All right, hey, brother, I'll pray for you. See you later. Don't do that. If some man, I'm dealing, let's pray right now. Let's pray right now. I'm not going to pray for you later. I'm going to pray for you right now. I don't care if you're at work, you're in, in line at Walmart, you know, you're on the phone with somebody. Stop and pray right then and there. And see how impactful it will be to that person's life. Hey, brother, I'll pray for you. Yeah, see you later. Yeah. How many times have you said that to somebody and you walk away and you don't pray for them? Be honest. Okay? Be honest. Yeah, hey, brother, I'll pray for you. Yeah, see you later. What's that guy's name again? Stop and pray right then and there. Pray for someone. Like I said, I don't care if you're at work. I mean, I've prayed for my coworkers and stuff right there. Work, and, and, man, it is impactful in people's lives because people are so often ready to hear, oh, I'll pray for you, brother. Yeah. High five. See you later. Yeah. Stop and pray and see what happens. And man, see what God does in that situation. Persistent prayer. Again, not because God is reluctant and need and needs, you know, I'm not talking about repetition. You know, Mary Mother Grace, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff, okay? It's okay. It's it's to train us to become people of prayer. And if prayer, if prayer is not your first mind, your first thought when something's going on, maybe God's doing a work in you. To become persistent in prayer, that needs to be our first answer. I cannot believe this is going on. I need to call my best friend. And you laugh because you do it. Okay? Oh, this I'm, I'm calling Steve. I'm calling Susie, you know. I bet you get on your knees and call the Lord when you're dealing with something. When something comes up in your life and you're dealing with something, call on the Lord. Ask him first. Become a person of persistent prayer. Become a person of prayer. Daniel's success, again, makes us reflect on our own failures, you know. How much assistance or, you know, we may not even realize what's going on behind the scenes. 
when we pray. And maybe that's why there's delay. Maybe because there is a lack of persistence in our prayers. He says in verse 14, Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the later days. Again, the visions of Daniel 11 and 12 that we're going to get into next week is focused on the Israelites and what's going to happen in these later days to the people of Israel. Now we're going to see here, through this, Daniel is strengthened. Look with me at verse 15. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and I spoke to him who stood before me, my Lord, because of the vision of my sorrows has overwhelmed me, I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, one having the likeness of man touched me and strengthened me. And he said to me, O man, greatly beloved. Again, O man, greatly beloved. Speaking of Daniel, fear not. Peace be with you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, For you have strengthened me. Daniel has the, he sees what's going on and he sees the response here. He started off on the ground, stood up to receive the message and then was back on his face again before the Lord. You know, a, a lot of people have this idea that, you know, man, I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm going to tell the Lord a thing or two. <laughs> you go right ahead, buddy. <laughs> you go right ahead with that, you know. When you come face to face with the Lord one day, and you will, Everyone will come face to face with the Lord one day. You're going to come face to face with him as your savior, or you're going to come face to face with him as your judge. Okay, there's no third, there's no part C here. There's no D, all the above. Okay, it's A or B. Okay, it's black and white. You're either going to stand before him as your savior and the one who is pleading to the God before you and on the throat, okay, the judgment, or he's going to stand before you as your judge. You're going to have to give an account for your life on your own. Okay, there's no other way. There's no other way around that. Is he going to be your savior or is he going to be your judge? He says, my Lord, because of the vision in verse 16, he says, my sorrows have overwhelmed me. I have retained no strength. Again, sorrows here has the thought of twisting and withering pain, and I don't want to make light of our situations, and I don't want to make light of the trials that we go through, because they can be very heavy on people, you know, and maybe something that, you know, a lot of times I think that, you know, we look at what's going on in somebody else's life, like, I can handle that on my own, you know, what, what's wrong with them? I mean, you know what, but when you put yourself in that person's shoes, you know, man, maybe the weight that they are bearing is unbearable for them, and so be mindful of that. When we, when someone does bring something to your attention and they, man, they're asking for prayer, understand that, you know, you may not have their viewpoint and what they've been walking through. And here we can see some of that too, that Daniel is really affected by this. He's really affected by this sorrow. He's like, my sorrows have overwhelmed me and I have retained no strength. Basically, he has no physical strength. What he's going on is, I mean, he's so, so severely affected by vision that he could barely breathe. Don't tell me there's no such thing as anxiety in the Bible. <laughs> Don't tell me. Okay, We see right here, Daniel is probably overwhelmed by this. So much so that he could not even breathe. And he says in verse 16, one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. This angel, this intermediator is strengthening him. Giving him strength. And so, you know, when we seek the Lord, I mean, he has a way of doing that. He has a way of reaching us. He has a way of strengthening us. When you read God's word and you, uh, maybe I'm just going to read this section of scripture today and we're not, maybe just exactly, have you ever read the word of God and you're like, I needed to hear that exactly today? I need, that is exactly what I needed to hear today. Maybe somebody shared it on a text message or you read it on a little calendar or something and like, man, that is exactly what I needed to hear today. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you. And we see that and we see how that can strengthen us. And now he's going to introduce Daniel to this message here. We're going to wrap it up 
with this. He says, then in verse 20, then I said, then he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. Also, in the first year of Darius, the Mede, I even stood to con- up to confirm and strengthen him. That's in chapter 11, verse 1, which, again, we're going to get into next week. Because he says here, I must return and fight. This fight was going on in the heavenly realm. And he comes and in the, this vision and meets up with Daniel. And now he's telling him, I have to go back. It's not done. The work behind the scenes in the spiritual realm is not done. And again, our last, my last point is that we have to remember that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is in the spiritual heavenly places. Turn with me to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 in verse 10. Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Notice, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's where the battle is taking place as a belie- for us believers. Verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Yet a lot of times we like to make the battle about flesh and blood and masks and stuff like that, okay? Our battle is not against flesh and blood, okay? The battle for the believer is in the heavenly realm. It's taking place. Paul did not call the believer into spiritual warfare. He didn't say we're going to go. He's simply announcing it's a fact. He says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities and, and so on and so forth. Believer, you are in a spiritual battle. Whether you want to admit it or not, or you want to be ignorant of the fact or not, you are in a spiritual battle. If you don't realize that, let me just suggest you probably aren't winning. <laughs> okay? Just saying. Okay? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual battle. The fact that the real battle is not against flesh and blood, again, it's forgotten by so many believers. It's forgotten by Christians. And they take all their efforts, and they take all their efforts and everything that they're doing, and they they go another direction. Be careful about that, okay? Be careful with that. Paul's idea here is very much the same as he said to the in his second letter to the Corinthians, second Second Corinthians verse ten, uh, chapter ten, verses three and four. For though we walk in the flesh, okay, we can all agree on that. We walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Heavenly warfare is this, is to be directed against Persia and Greece. As we're going to look into that next week. We're going to see why what goes on in uh, in chapter eleven. But you know. Our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, okay? The AR is not going to do you any good <laughs> when you're in a spiritual battle. I love that we get to have those things, but they're not going to help you. They're not going to help you in your spiritual battle because that's where our battle is at as believers. It's in the heavenly places, and we need to make sure that we don't forget that. Don't lose sight of that, that what's going on is in the spiritual battle. And it's, you know what? Our weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. One of the biggest weapons believers have is prayer. And we have to become persistent in prayer. We have to become people of prayer because they are mighty for pulling down those strongholds and calling up those angels to go to battle for us and the battle that's going on. And we're going to see a lot of that again next week as we're going to look into this battle that's going to be taking place. And um, so, don't forget that we have a mighty representation when we are persistent with our prayer life. Make sure that you have that proper state of heart. Make sure your heart is in the right place, okay? You know, through that self-denial, 
Maybe you need to clean up some stuff, you know, get some garbage out of your life, you know. Cl- get the clutter out of your life so you can see and hear clearly from the Lord. And then allow yourself to be strengthened, okay? And maybe that's through somebody else. Maybe because you haven't asked for prayer. Maybe you need to share that with a dear brother or sister in your life, what's going on, so they can pray for you, so they can lift you up and allow yourself to be strengthened in your weakness. Don't be so prideful that you, you miss out on that. We're called to be humble before the Lord. And don't forget where the battle is taking place. And don't forget what the mission of the church really is. We are called to take the gospel of Jesus Christ into this world. Period. And God allows us to have many different vocations and go to a lot of different places. And you, you don't need to go to a foreign country to be in the mission field. The mission field happens in about five minutes when you walk out those doors. Okay? The mission field is in your own neighborhood. The mission field is in your own home. The mission field is in your workplace. The mission field is in your community and the people that God brings in your life. Don't ever miss that, okay? Don't ever miss that for a moment that every person you come in contact to, you may be the only person that ever shares the truth of God's word to them. And you might think, oh, man, we live in the Bible. Belt. Surely they've heard of the Lord by now. Don't. Maybe they have, okay? And maybe it's all about religion, and maybe it's all about do's and don'ts, and maybe that's what they were raised in, okay? And it has nothing to do with relationship. And it has nothing to do with a personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe that's what church is to them, and maybe that's what religion is to them. Don't, don't miss that. God may be using you to share that with that person. And maybe that's you here today or maybe online or listening to this later on that you think that just because you, you go to church every Sunday, you know, you're a Christian. You know, I, I love, you know, going, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Okay? It doesn't. Okay? I love that. It, does, it doesn't. Going to church every, you can come here every Sunday and still miss the point. And I think one of the greatest and most concerning scriptures is, is in, in the Bible is he, on that day he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you. That is going to be some of the hardest words for people to hear. Oh, Lord, did we not go to church every Sunday? Did we not go to Bible study? Did we not read your word? Did we not do religious stuff? Did we not do do's and don'ts? Did we not do this and that? Lord, Lord, Lord. He's going to say, away from me, I never knew you. Some of the hardest words for people to hear one day. So it's not about religion. It's not about going and doing stuff and doing things. Y- yes, we get to do those things. And yes, the Lord allows us to do And we should be doing things for the Lord. But that has nothing to do with your salvation. Okay? He's done it all for you on the cross. He's done everything. There's nothing more that you can do. Jesus plus something is not salvation. Okay? Jesus plus anything. If you have to add something to it, again, Jesus doesn't need help. It's it's wrong. It's a wrong view of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's so much garbage out there being taught from pulpits today. Don't miss that. Don't miss what your mission is and what you should be telling other people. And don't quit praying. Okay? Don't quit praying for people. Become a person of persistent prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. Thank you, Father God, that your word is mighty and powerful, Lord. It can pull down strongholds in our lives. Father, thank you even right now that we get to pray for you, pray to you and commune with you, Father God, and talk with you, our creator, the one who formed every cell in our body, the one who knew us and formed us in the womb before we, you knew us before that any of that ever happened. Father, help us to remain humble before you. Father, help us to remain in that position of self-denial and denying the things that our body wants and our flesh wants and and the old man wants. Lord, help us to deny those things. Lord, help us to call on you first and foremost in, in the things that we have going on in our lives. Not as a last resort, Lord, but as a first resort. 
And Father, I pray that we can be open and honest with dear believers and friends, Lord, close believers, friends, spouses, Lord, open and honest in our communication with the things that we're struggling with. And not just say, oh, I'm fine. Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. <laughs> Lord, I'm fine. Lord, I'm not. I need help, Lord. I need you. I need you in my life every day. Lord, give me a thirst for your word if I don't have it. Lord, give me a thirst for more of you. Help me to seek you more, Lord, if I'm not. And as you, as I seek after you, Father God, as, as, as others here seek after you, Father God, I pray that you reveal yourself to them in a mighty way, Lord. Help us to remain on mission for you. Help us to remain in the correct battle. <laughs> there are many battles going on in our lives, Lord, and many things that we can fight for and save the trees, save the whales, save whatever. Lord, help us to, <laughs> help us to be fighting the right battle, Lord. Help us to be fighting your battle. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be a part of it, Lord. There's no such thing as a sideline Christian, Lord. We're called to be in the game. We're called to be on the front lines for you. Fill us afresh with the power of your Holy Spirit as we go out, Lord. We go out of these doors. We enter the mission field, Lord. Bring those people in our lives, Lord. Bring those people to us, Lord. If we, if, if we don't go out on mission, Lord, bring them to us. <laughs> Lord, bring them in our lives that we can be impactful to them. We can ask the difficult questions about if they really know you. Father, again, we thank you for your word today. Thank you that we have your word in front of us. Be with us now, Lord, as we go out from this place, equipped and ready to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.